All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. What's up, everyone? Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Oilers Nation After Dark. Connor Halley with you here as per usual. As per usual. Uh, tough start to this one. Now, for the Oilers, not a tough start. It was a great game for them. They win 4-2. to That's now six straight wins for the Oil and uh, fighting their way back into the top three spots in the Pacific Division. We've got a great show coming up for you tonight. We'll be joined by Waz later on here. Before we get to that, though, and before we get to the good, the bad, and the oily, as we like to do here, we'll give you a quick rundown of exactly what happened in this game tonight. And for the Oilers, uh, good start once again. Connor McDavid with his 40th goal of the season. It did not take long. Only his uh, tw- minute 26 in. Zach Hyman with a beautiful pass up there on the breakaway. And uh, that was just the beginning for Zach Hyman, which would be a fantastic night. He would score a goal on the power play. Uh, Connor McDavid with the assist. Ryan Nugent Hopkins with the breakout pass to send them in on a two-on-one. And then... Uh, Early on in the second period, Leon Dreisaitl will make it 3 nothing. Uh, he takes the assist from Zach Hyman, his second of the night, of course. And uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, again, the long pass to get that one going. A couple great passes. Great patience by Nuge on those goals. Andre Kuzmenko would score his 19th of the season to make it a 3-1 game. Um, 
Evan Bouchard jumped up into the rush there, got caught a little high, and uh, the puck goes the other way. Zach Hyman, you know, busting his tail to get back on defense. Wasn't enough, though, because Manko's skilled player would score, beat Stuart Skinner for the Canucks' first goal of the night. JT Miller would add another, uh, but that is as close as the Vancouver Canucks would get. Ryan Nugent Hopkins would get his 22nd goal of the season to lock in the Oilers' victory. And uh, like I mentioned, the Oilers now on a six-game winning streak. It's their longest of the season. Their next action will come on Wednesday when they take on the Columbus Blue Jackets. Right now, we'll get to the good, the bad, and the oily, brought to you by Cornerstone Insurance. Cornerstone Insurance Brokers, Edmonton's premier boutique insurance brokerage with over 90 years of success and still growing. Visit cornerstoneins.ca slash nation to get an online tenant or condo insurance code in just a few minutes and use the discount code nation for an exclusive rate. Find out why Cornerstone Insurance Brokers are ranked amongst the best of the best in Alberta. And you can also give them a follow on social media at Cornerstone INS8 on Twitter, on an Instagram at Cornerstone YEG. We now bring in Waz as we run down the good, the bad, and the oily after the Oilers' nice 4 2 win. Waz, good evening. How are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm doing well. The Oilers are in a six game winning streak. You know, I, it's, it's a weird emotion tonight because the Oilers won, but then you also saw what happened with Bruce Boudreau. And it's, it's hard to stomach this win for some reason. <laughs> it it was. It's been really tough to see what that guy has gone through. And I, I think it might come up here in the good, the bad, and the oily. But we start off with the good as we usually do here. We want to get the good news going. And the hot starts continuing. I mean, there was a long time for the Oilers where they just couldn't find a way to get that first goal tonight. As we talked about, Connor McDavid, number 40 on the season. We, we don't want to even put a limit on where we think he'll go this season when it comes to goal total because he's just been absolutely phenomenal. You saw the excitement with him when he scored the goal. He was pumped up. It was a great pass from Zach Hyman. And then, you know, you don't stop there. Zach Hyman, four-point night, a career high in points, and he's done it in 29 games less than it did to get the previous career high, which was last season. I mean, Waz, this is exactly what you want to see from this Oilers team, especially going up against the team like Vancouver that is struggling. You got to get that hot start, and they did it again. Yeah, and especially considering the way they played them last time out, where the Oilers were up 2-0, and then they kind of blew the lead, and this time the Oilers were able to hold on the lead and play a little bit more safer towards the end. Vancouver did claw themselves back into the game. But honestly, it was just a nice victory. Unfortunately, Zach Hyman had a goal uh, taken off, and I saw your little meme. It just—it always seems to happen to him. It's not his first time, but uh, it's just uh, Zach Hyman. Though he had a really strong game. Some people on social media were saying that was his best game in the Northern Unit, uh, best game this season. I would say. Yeah, that the meme was awful. I have a app on my phone called Fonto or Fonto, and it, it, it was bad. But uh, anything Oilers people love on social yes. media, so you got to you got to go for it. And yeah, Zach Hyman. I mean, it, it's few and far between where you say he has a bad game because even if he's not producing point wise, you know, he impacts the game in so many other ways. The hustle, everything that he brings. I mean, he's always doing something right. Now let's go to the bad. And for this one, uh, I mean, it's plain and simple. It's got to be the Vancouver Canucks uh, in general, in general, like obviously they're not playing well this season. Things aren't going well. Uh, they might have to trade away their captain at some point, but I, I think this is because of the way it's all gone down with Bruce Boudreaux, a guy who I think consensus is good guy in the game, very well liked. He went there and the way they've handled this the last couple of weeks, while the rumors swirl that Rick Tockett will become their next head coach has been an embarrassment, frankly. Yeah. Uh, they, they could have fired 
Bruce Boudreau a while ago. I know he would have accepted that. He understands it. That's, you know, you're hired to be fired in this business, but instead they kind of keep him dangling. They could have had Mike Yo take over as an interim head coach, but the Vancouver Canucks, I mean, I just don't get it. I don't get what their plan is here. And, you know, you feel bad for Bruce. You saw him after the game. The The emotions were getting to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's strange to me because I don't think I've ever seen anything like this happen in professional sports, right? Like, I, I'm a big soccer guy and, you know, managers, coaches, they get sacked, fired all the time. But you never see this kind of happen the way this was handled, you know? A coach doesn't typically hear that they're getting sacked or fired like a week prior. It's it's embarrassing to say the least on the Vancouver Canucks part. And I, I just... It's, I feel so sorry for Booster Jokes. I really liked him in Vancouver, and they should have just rode him throughout the rest of the season. You know, if you're going to go down, go down with Bruce Boudreau. If you're going like, to maybe get a top three pick, you at least like fire him at the end of the season. It, it makes no sense. The Canucks this year, they're not going anywhere, let's be honest. Is Rick Tockett going to really change them that much? I, I Maybe a little bit of a voice, a couple wins here and there, but ultimately the Vancouver Canucks are aiming for a pretty poor finish to end the season, and um, you know, Bruce Boudreau, when he started in Vancouver, he had that really, he, he got them back. He clawed them way back. Like, I don't know if you remember what they were like a 10 game win streak with Bruce Boudreau or something. So yeah. it's, it sucks to see the way things have unfolded in Vancouver. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think they went on like two long winning streaks last yeah. year and really played well with him. And it's embarrassing now since we just ripped on them so much, the uniforms looked good tonight. I love those jerseys and the fans in Vancouver, Bruce, there it is. It was class. Like I give full credit to the Canucks fans for just keep, keep, they kept on chanting Bruce. There it is. And I'm pretty sure prior to the game, they want, they, they wanted, there was a Canucks fan on TikTok who tried to rally other Canucks fans who were going to the game to bring a sign saying we stand with Bruce. I don't think it really caught on or there was maybe an issue with bringing these signs into the game, but honestly it was awesome to see the Canucks fans really stand by Bruce Boudreau. Yeah, hundred percent. And uh, just one more thing on this. I mean, you kind of touched on it there with Rick Tockett, like this toxic environment he's going to be yeah. coming to. Uh, I don't know if that's exactly something he wants to do. The The fans are obviously going to be happy if he turns it around, but uh, they got a long way to go. And yeah. tip management, I mean, they, they tweet something and half the replies are sell the team. So it's uh, just a toxic situation out in Vancouver. Uh, very right. quick to say shout out to everyone on the youtube chat right now facebook comment section keep those coming we will get to them we do appreciate it and if you're on youtube hit that like button i've slowly been learning about the algorithm and my goal for this is that when people put in oilers connor we come up instead Mm of connor mcdavid that that's the goal for this and i don't know if it'll ever get there but uh, we'll see (laughs) set the expectations high or the hopes high okay let's get to the oily and uh, for this one i mean for the edmonton oilers right now six straight they've won six straight games their previous longest winning streak was five so they find a way to get it done and it it hasn't been against all bottom feeders i mean you know there's there's been good teams that they've beat and you know the tampa bay lightning and the vegas golden knights in there uh the kraken who are playing very good hockey uh it, it's nice to see this team come out with a little more consistency in their game. Yeah, they beat some pretty good teams in here, like you mentioned, like the Kraken, who were just above them. They beat the uh, Golden Knights, who were also top of the Pacific. They beat the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, they've mixed. They beat a mix of teams in this, which is nice to see. And you know, when we talk about the bottom teams they've beaten, well, like earlier in this year, they'd lose to them, right? Like mm-hmm. we lost to Anaheim. 
<laughs> so um, it's great because the Oilers have now matched their longest win streak from actually last season, which was also six games. So it's it's interesting. I don't know how far we'll go. They take on Columbus on Wednesday, and then they have a pretty long gap of I, I think I saw in the next sixteen game sixteen days they only have two games because of the All Star break. So um, I hope it goes as long as it does, but uh, they do have a pretty uh, a favorable schedule coming up as well. Yeah, and I mean, just looking at the the standings now here, what this six-game winning streak has done, the Oilers now third in the Pacific, which is fantastic. I mean, you I, I don't know how you feel about this one, Waz, but I'm looking at it right now. That, that would mean a, a battle up against Seattle, right? So I, I think that could be a favorable matchup. Cool. Uh, if you get first in the division, there's always that hope you get, or potential at least, to get the Colorado Avalanche, which, you know, revenge yeah. would be sweet, but I don't know if you want to see the Avalanche in the playoffs especially in the first round. It'd be a very tough matchup. But uh, yeah, the the Kings lost tonight. The Kraken only picked up one point. So the Oilers right now, 48 games played, 57 points. The Kraken, two points up on them with two games in hand. And the Vegas Golden Knights leading the way with 60 points. So the Oilers are three back. Mm -hmm. And the Oilers actually have a game uh, one game more than Vegas. So Vegas has the game in hand, but okay. you know, you go back two weeks, we didn't think this would be happening. And the Oilers just winning that six games straight consecutively. I mean, it, it thrusts them right back to where they need to be. No. Yeah. And it kind of goes back to what I was saying uh, prior to this win streak is like, I just wanted to see a little bit of consistency in the Oilers results and to go on to a six game win streak is more than enough. I think, you know, we were so used to seeing like one loss, one win, two losses, one win. It was so streaky up and down so to go on a nice win streak here has been i think great for the group's confidence uh Stuart skinner also shout out to him he had a great game after coming back after you know a week and a half off it seems so overall the team's been just gelling they've been playing the way we kind of wanted them to play all season yeah 100 uh you know just looking into the the comment section here on facebook colton says did anyone else take the prop bet of plus five thousand for a hyman disallowed goal i mean oh. bet way that way, if you want to get in on that, I think Reed Wilkins had it at four times that's happened. That feels smart. like more than that. But uh, yeah, head over to Betway, make yeah. that bet uh, 19 plus and gamble responsibly. But just scrolling through the the chat here on Facebook, Jacqueline says, here we come, Lord Stanley. Canada says, Bruce, there it is. Also, let's go Oilers. <laughs> uh, Dane says, it was a weird feeling winning tonight for me. That's for sure. I, I think uh, that probably has to do with Boudreaux. Yeah, no doubt. Like, um, yeah, I think we mentioned that earlier. It's just weird to stomach because, you know, Boost Boudreaux is leaving the bench in tears because yeah. he, he ultimately knows this is his last game. Hopefully not as a head coach. I made a joke on social media. And hey, why don't the Oilers bring in Boudreaux in some, like, an advisor role? I would love, you know, I would love to see him somehow. Just have some, I don't know. I, I want I want to see the best for Boost Boudreaux because, you know, as long as I've followed hockey, he's been a part of it, and which is like around 2008. So, yeah, um, yeah Bruce Boudreaux is just a, he's a great character for the game of hockey, I think. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I, you you know he wants to coach. I mean, they, mm-hmm. he brought it up and he got really emotional, but he's got a spot in the media world. Yeah. If he wants it, he'll be there. Uh, Chad says, I'm sad for Bruce, but love the win, 100%. Ryan says, glad they didn't lose the lead again. Ryan, I mean, you know, they've been they've been good. Vegas and was it Seattle, Tampa? Like, there's been one goal leads yeah. and they've held them off. So you gotta like that. Um, one thing I was gonna mention about Bruce Boudreaux was funny. I saw Flames fans on Twitter saying, you know, maybe we bring in Bruce because things are not going down well south with uh, <laughs> Daryl Sutter. So maybe we see the return of Bruce. Not this season, but uh, 
I, I wouldn't mind. Yeah, I, I'd like to see him in Calgary, kind of spice up the Pal of Alberta Bob between the benches, you know? Uh, yeah. Uh, some more messages to Facebook. If you're on YouTube, we're going to get over there in a second here. Uh, Dylan says, Wazley makes his bed two or three times a week for the show. Hope you feel special. Uh, yes. Hey, can you confirm that? Um, I don't know. He's a little <laughs> wrinkly. I think it's made, but it's not that bad. It's definitely been worse, you know? It looks, when I, so. it looks tidy. It looks tidy. I was, Colt- watching the, I was watching hockey on there. Like, what you me? Like... <laughs> Colton says, I just noticed Waz is wearing an M&M shirt. Respect. Uh, yes. Favorite Eminem song? Oh, that's tough. Um, I think it's easy to go with, like, Till I Collapse, but yeah. Not Afraid from Recovery is a personal favorite of mine. So <sighs> Till I Collapse. That's got Nate Dogg in it, right? Yes, yes. So that's always that's always a, a good one. Uh, Jan- yeah. yeah. Janice says, uh, my heart breaks for Bruce. Head high, Bruce. You're loved. 100%. Bruce. You know, you hate to see it, but Bruce is going to land on his feet for sure. Okay, we're hopping over to YouTube. There is 76 people checking in right now. Uh, make sure you hit that like button. We got up to like 130 likes last episode. Mm-hmm. Let's try to, I mean, I guess physically we can't unless we get more viewers, but let's hit that like button. Let's uh, keep it going here. Um, <laughs> Peter King, interested to see how Rick Tockett and JT Miller mesh. Should be interesting. Yeah, JT Miller had that mini meltdown when uh, Zach Hyman thought he scored that goal. Kind of lost it on the bench there. Uh, Genesis says Bedard is going to Arizona book it. Yeah. I mean, I think that kind of came up. If you could just keep, keep the coaching staff intact there in Vancouver, keep losing, uh, Dr. Gonzo Bruce, there it is. Yeah. That was a, that was a good chant by the Canucks. Mm. I'll give them credit for that one. Uh, chant for Connor Halley. Yeah. I don't know. You guys don't have to do that. That's okay. Um, <laughs> Loomis says CeCe's having a, a rough year. Was um, yeah. Well, it can't be all positive. And you know what? I, I don't know if I told you all these post games blend together, but last time we did a show with Zach Lang, and I asked him, if the Oilers go into six defenders, who comes out of your lineup? And he actually had Cody CeCe drawing out. So, um, yeah, more and more people starting to see Cody CeCe with his struggles. Yeah, I noticed that tonight as well. I think he was on for one of the goals against where he kind of um, – was trying to block the, the second shot that went past Skinner. So I'm starting to notice that as well, which is too bad because, you know, CC had a strong year last year, and I think he's just having one of those second-year slumps with the Oilers. I, I think two defensemen for the Oilers that really haven't – him and Kulak, I would say, haven't been up to par, um, more so in CC. But it's, it's too – but at the same time, you're having defensemen step up as well. The competition's ramping up with, like, Broberg coming in and DNA, right? So – CC's it's it's tough. To, he's in a tough spot right now for him. There was a, a little flash there in front of the net when Curtis Lazar drove the net, uh, took a little whack on Stuart Skinner. Darnell Nurse jumps in, and I noticed Dakota Washington, who's a big dude himself, mm-hmm. was kind of hovering, but Vinny Darnay was right behind him, like towering over him. Uh, and I think I think Washington kind of saw that. I was like, yeah, I don't know if I need to jump in on this one. I, I don't know if I need to go up against that big guy. Oh, I love yeah. the intimidation factor that Darnay brings there. Uh, oh, a little factoid popping up. Leon Drysaddle extends his point to – or his – Point streak to six games, six goals, five assists. You love to see that uh, continuing. But, you know, it, it was one of those games where the stars were bright for the Oilers. Of mm-hmm. course, uh, McDavid, Hyman, Dreisaitl, uh, News scoring the goals. But at the same time, you know, I, I didn't mind the play from some of those role guys. Not obviously getting the, the stat sheet, but getting their opportunities. Warren Fogle yeah. continues to get opportunities to, to put the puck in the back of the net. 
even Derek Ryan, he had a chance yeah. earlier and somehow got called for a penalty. That was confusing. And I'm a big Derek <laughs> Ryan guy. And there was a rumor today, not rumor, it was Daniel Nugent Bowman who said that they might consider extending Derek Ryan. I would love to see that because he's just a guy who fits well into your the, you know, fourth line, sometimes toss him into the third line. So uh, I'm loving to see the, the the bottom six kind of flourishing a little bit, even when they're not scoring. Yeah, I mean, and that's it, right? Like, don't give up too many opportunities. Yeah. If you outscore, that's a bonus. Uh, Derek Ryan, I kind of joke, like, you got to put bubble wrap on uh, Spencer Martin. I mean, he, he barely touched him. They give him that call. I, I don't know what he's supposed to do in that situation. He doesn't barrel him over. He's trying to play the puck and – no harm, no foul, in my opinion. Very light call. And then the, you know, Hyman goal. Uh, yeah, I guess you just got to stay out of his crease a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the Facebook chat, Safe says, Rutherford is more dysfunctional than Nicholson. That's a, that's an interesting one. I mean, Rutherford yeah. is not making any friends right now with the way he's handled Bruce Boudreau. Like, it, it is a bad look for the organization. No, and a lot of people do sometimes bring the Oilers into these conversations with how they handle things. And people are like, it's just crazy to think that a franchise can handle like coaching situations like this worse than the Oilers. It's like, <laughs> you know what? The Canucks are setting a new standard right now. It's not looking good. And I'm very interested to see what the Flames are going to do with um, Daryl Sutter now as well with uh, his comments with um, Jacob Pelichet today because it's, it's looking ugly on both uh, Canadian markets in the West. Edmonton is... You know, we're we're in a safe spot. We're, we're enjoying ourselves. Calgary, Vancouver, they're 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 not having fun. Uh, Gavin, our producer tonight, sitting in for Aaron, uh, g- giving me this factor. The Oilers haven't allowed more than three goals since January 9th. That's six games. Coincidentally, on the mm-hmm. six-game winning streak in the process, Vinny Dayarnay been in the lineup for all of those games. Are yeah. How how long do you think the eleven and seven can go for? I don't know. Does, because can you go all, <laughs> all year? Yeah, mm, I don't know. It's it's, it's so strange because Vinny Darnay he's technically been a part of all six victories here since he's been on the Oilers. So it's, oh, yeah. uh, I I don't think you can remove him from the lineup. I think if if anything, you're gonna have to drop a forward. Uh, you know, pull your pull your RV is back in because Yamark is six. So I would like to see him go twelve and six. But yeah, this see, I don't I don't know. This is Jay Whitcoff's got uh, tough uh, some tough choices to make here. Yeah, I mean, I've I've really liked in this stretch, and obviously when it's working, we're going to praise it. And the second they yeah. lose a game, uh, we'll find holes in it. But uh, Dave Manson, I mean, the, the distribution for me has been really good. Darnell Nurse is going to lead the way, as mm-hmm. he will, whenever he's out there, 25 minutes. The guy is an absolute stallion out there, yeah. uh, great shape. I would be dead after five. But, uh, you know, you look at it elsewhere. Cody Cece was at 18, Evan Bouchard 15. Kulak 17, Tyson Berry 14. And uh, I mean, Tyson Berry with only one power play that only lasted 47 seconds. Yeah. It's, you're not going to get too much time out of him. That usually boosts his numbers a little bit. But uh, yeah, Philip Broberg 16 and then Vinny Darnay 11 13. So kind of spreading it out, trying to use these guys in a smart manner. And uh, yeah, I, I, it would have been nice to see the Orioles get a few more power play opportunities mm-hmm. to get those guys out there. But uh, yeah, I like the distribution up front. Connor McDavid leading the way with 23 minutes, getting some penalty kill time. Uh, I, I like him on the penalty kill. I, I don't know how long that lasts for. You know, obviously he's not going to get in too many shooting lanes, ideally. Mm-hmm. But do you like the threat that he brings on the penalty kill? McDavid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it brings a different element, especially with his speed. I would say it's you know a lot of people tend to criticize McDavid's 
defensive game in a sense, but I think he can play in almost any situation. He's Connor McDavid here. He reads the game so well, you know, it's, I, I, I see no issue with it, but sometimes you would want to maybe save his energy for like the power player or five on five. Uh, also, Nugent Hopkins with a nice three point night as well. Uh, just overall, I, I'm looking at the stat sheet and the time on ice was kind of spread out pretty evenly. The Oilers with the least amount of time played was actually Clem Costin with 10 minutes and 57 <laughs> seconds. Uh, we all love Clem, but sometimes he doesn't get a ton of ice time, surprisingly. So, um, another thing I noticed was uh, Evander Kane. Um, somebody mentioned on our Instagram is like, is Evander Kane injured? He's barely played. I'm like, no, he played 17 minutes. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's great to see. Uh, but to end your point, yeah, McDavid on the PK, it wouldn't hurt. Yeah. I mean, I, I love it because I just think it, all it takes is one bobbled puck at the blue line and you've mm-hmm. got an offensive opportunity. Uh, he led all forwards in time on ice when it comes to the penalty kill and Evander Kane. Yeah. I mean, maybe not his most noticeable game. He still played 17 23. Uh, four shots on net, three hits. Like, and we're saying you didn't really notice him out there. So, pretty yeah. good game for for Evander Kane. Uh, yeah, you, you, that's not a thing you want to hear when you're a forward defensively. If they don't notice you, you probably did all right. But, um, yeah, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, like you said, uh, three point night for him and springing the two two on one goals. I thought you know so patient too on that second one here that he had. It would have been on the dry sidle goal when he sent it up to Hyman who kind of tapped the dry sidle. Just that oh, quick okay. shot, they just that quick finish there. Just kind of waiting, 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 and then let it go. Like I'll, I don't know what you guys have thought at Oilers Nation. I'm sure maybe the discussion came up, but on our pregame shows at twelve sixty, we've had a lot of people say, you know, Nuge can't keep this up. He's not going to be productive, but he just keeps on doing it, finding ways to get it done. Yeah, I think when you're in a hot streak like this, like Nugent Hopkins is, it's just going to continue going. Like he's just so confident right now, just like Zach Hyman. Like Zach Hyman, they were saying on the Sportsnet broadcast, he's on pace for now with 40 goals. He's Gregor tweeted, he's on pace for over 80 points. So I, I think Nugent Hyman, they might have a dip here and there, but I think that's okay. Like they're still going to be producing, and all that matters is they're they're staying consistent, right? So um, also Gavin uh, putting up on our little. Uh, uh, private chat here averaging six shots on goal per game to in that span so oh, yeah yeah mcdavid as he said there uh goals in five of the six games in the winning streak and averaging six shots on net that, mm-hmm. that was always the thing like mcdavid i don't know for better or for worse has always been kind of that pass first shoot second guy but this year he's he's developing that shooter's mentality and my God, like uh, we, I think we all knew this could happen. If he ever just said, you know what, I'm going to score 50, he would go out yeah. there and score 50. Now he might score 60. He might score 70. This guy has just been unstoppable so far this year, but really nice to see. And one thing we've talked about here on this, on after dark, like he's finding different ways to score. He used to be a guy who wanted to take it in tight mm-hmm. and now he's developing that shot. And even uh, every once in a while, that one timer. Yeah, and I, I tried mentioning this uh, on the on the live show where I was lagging all the time, but I was I wanted to mention how McDavid is so unpredictable for defensemen now because <laughs> he can score in any way possible. He can shoot it, he can dangle you out. It's he's a defender's worst nightmare. Like you know, either you have to make a big stop on him or defend him really well or push him to the outside. It's incredibly hard to defend him. He's got everything, and he's the most complete offensive player I think we've seen in modern day hockey. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would not argue. No one else comes to mind. I mean, we've seen yeah. great offensive players, but we have never seen someone who does it as fast as him, as unpredictable. Like he'll, he'll mix in between the legs. You know, he can do all that sort of stuff. And he's, he's just adding to his game, which is really encouraging to see. Um, not anything to do with this game, but uh, Waz, did you see the video that surfaced on Friday? of Yesa Puliyarvi and Leon Dreisaitl working in practice on their one-timers? Yes, because I was there, actually. You were there, okay. Yeah, it was Kenny and I, uh, our graphics designer. We, we got free passes to go to or this practice, season ticket holders every couple of weeks or months. They get, they're allowed to go to you know an open practice. And I saw a lot of criticism on Yesa Puliyarvi because he's slap shots. And I'm like, in the back of my mind, well, every Oiler was, that was practicing slap shots, they weren't perfect. Like, you know, they weren't going full effort. I mean, I posted a video with Dylan Hallway, and he was missing the net. Tyson Berry's missing the net, right? So it's like, I think people were looking way too much into that because unless you're Leon Dreisaitl, you're probably going to miss the net a few times practicing one-timers. Yeah, and I, I mean, sometimes I take this off in a different direction, and I, I talk about football, like the NFL, and I, I've heard, that, you know, corners talk about at practice or training camp. They'll be like, oh, I got burned, but I was working on a new technique. Everyone on social media says I suck, but I was trying something yeah. new. And I think that's what Leon and uh, Yesa Poliarvi were working on. Jason Strudwick, a guy who played the NHL for a little bit, uh, he, he said it. He said it looks like he's trying to change the release here. Like it's, he's working on new things. So mm-hmm. for the people who want to say, you know, beer league or shoot harder than that, I think you got to bite your tongue a little bit. And yeah. uh, I think Leon, Leon's probably talking to Yesa. Hey, let's work on this. Let's try this really encouraging sign to see for me. So I, I just wanted to bring that up because uh, you were there. Um, it, it just seemed like he was taking yeah. a lot of unnecessary flack for trying to improve. So uh, yeah, I, I'm not going to get on the rip Yesa for, for that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, and that's the unfortunate part with Yesa Poyari right now is that he's in a spot where people are going to nitpick every single thing he does. Um, it, it's sad because I want to see the best for him. I'm kind of like in a neutral stance with him. It's like, okay, well, if he doesn't play well, he doesn't play. If he, you know, it's mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to pick a, a side on this. Yeah, yeah. Okay, call it down the middle, right? If, if yeah, you want to exactly. see him out there, but yeah. if you know you can't defend poor play, it's it's just what's going to happen. Uh, Gavin is killing it right now with the stats. He says, if you take away McDavid's power play goals, he'd still be 15th in the league in goals. So, yeah, I mean, the, the guy can do it everywhere. I, I think he had six game-winning goals going into tonight. I think Leon Dreisaitl and Kyle Connor were leading the way with eight. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dreisaitl would have the game winner tonight. So maybe he's up to nine now. So, yeah, they're scoring goals when it matters. Quick to go back to Connor McDavid. Uh, they, you know, he's the fastest player to score forty goals in a season since Pavel Bure in nineteen ninety nine. And it's crazy to think, uh, considering we live in the era of Alex Ovechkin, who was, you know, on the brink of breaking Gretzky's record. So the fact he hasn't done that, and Connor McDavid's doing that in his twenty sixth year, uh, you know, or his eighth year in the NHL, that's that's scary. <laughs> Oh, man, we got people coming in here talking about Yusuf Poliarvi. Uh, hot button issue. Some people think he'll be gone. I mean, hey, if the Oilers do want to bring someone in, he would be a guy who, you know, you could make the move to to generate some cap space. Yeah. Uh, an unfortunate truth because we know he's loved here. But, uh, yeah, uh, Dylan says on the Facebook messenger here, Crosby was damn awesome for a long time. Still a very good player on the backside of his career. He, I mean, yeah. he scored a lot of goals, but he didn't do it in the same fashion as Connor McDavid, you know, at the yeah. speed that he did. He found other ways. I'm not going to knock Sidney Crosby, one of the greatest of all time, going to the Hall of Fame. You know, he could go in the second he retires, and I wouldn't wouldn't argue it, but uh, he's, he's phenomenal. 
Um, what did you think of Stuart Skinner getting back out there? I mean, oh yeah, it was Vancouver, and you know he's obviously well rested, but faces twenty six shots, twenty four saves, had a highlight reel save in the second period. Mm-hmm. I mean, a pretty good game to get back in there for Stuart Skinner. Uh, Stuart Skinner playing like an all-star, right? There's a reason why he's going to the all-star <laughs> game. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm obviously the man on TikTok, and I read a lot of TikTok comments, and people were like, oh, why is Stuart Skinner going to the all-star game? Why why, why out of them? Like, well, if you look at the Pacific Division goalies, only Logan Thompson has, like, better numbers than Stuart Skinner. The others are, like, Phoenix Copley, maybe Dan Vladar. They've all only played, like, 15, 16 games. Stu's played 27 now. He's playing like a pretty solid stall star, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think you're 100% right. Like the division obviously plays yeah. into it. That's going to contribute to it, but he's played well. And, you know, yeah. I think you can almost say the Oilers, the Oilers tandem has been an all-star performance. Yeah, like Jack Campbell, he's, he's found his game. Everything right now is kind of going the Oilers way. They're, they're getting tougher to play against. The schedule's getting easier. They're getting healthy. Five on five, they're, they're playing better. Their depth is starting to show up. They're getting goaltending. And it, they're, they're, I think, tougher to play against now. Like the, the biggest thing I liked about Evander Kane last year, obviously the swagger, but he's kind of, he's kind of a jerk, and he's got that unpredictability. And last year when he got towards the team, I think it was uh, Marcus Niemelainen, was a guy who, who just got back there and was throwing some hits. Like last year, we saw them kind of turn that edge. This year, Vincent Dayarnay is a guy who's, who's out there, and um, I, I heard actually with that Patrick Maroon fight. Uh, Dayarnay and Clean Costin were in the room together. They sit beside each other. And Dayarnay was going to fight Maroon, but Clean wanted him. He said, No, I, I want wow. him. I want him. So, like that, that that's pretty badass. I mean, I, I yeah. like that that swagger that you're starting to see from these guys with this team. This team right now trending in the right direction for sure. It's really good to see. And uh yeah, they, they get a bit of a break here off till till Wednesday when they t- take on Columbus, but that's okay. I mean, it, it's really encouraging to see. And we'll see. Uh, it's a it's a little far ahead, but who do you go back to for uh, the goaltending start on Wednesday? Do you go back to Jack Campbell, or do you think Stuart Skinner gets another go here? And let us know on YouTube and Facebook. What do you think? We'll uh, we'll try to gauge the opinion. I would go maybe back to Jack Campbell against Columbus, Stu against Chicago, and then oh, that's tough. No, I would go Stu against Columbus. That way, Stuart Skinner might have a bit of a break going to the All-Star game, so you start Jack Campbell against Chicago, right? So just give Stu a bit of a longer break, maybe. If that helps. So, um, yeah, uh, I don't, it's, it's tough to say because this is a really – this is a good problem to have for the way this is. To have two good goalies right now, it's – you know, we were going to the league hoping to have one of the better tandems, and now it's showing at the right time of the year. And like you, earlier you are mentioning, the Oilers are now also standing up for each other. They're playing with a bit more of an edge. They're physical. and um, I think they kind of realized at some point, like, boys, we, we could miss the playoffs if we don't step it up here. And, you know, I think they all wanted to go back to where we were in May and April, where the energy in the city was buzzing. Like, it's like, we don't want to miss out on that. And they're clearly playing with a uh, reason to play. Yeah. You know, we, when you guys were in Vegas uh, and it looked like an amazing, an amazing trip. And this sounds like a good time to let people know about the nation vacation coming up in March 10th to 12th. You get to see the Oilers leash. You'll stay at the Royal York hotel uh, for more information, nationgear.ca. It's an experience powered by AMA travel. Check them out on social media at AMA travel on Twitter and on Instagram, AMA underscore travel. Uh, 
the vacation looked awesome. I know AMA did such a good job and you guys all had a good time. Yeah. I mean, I really want to go to that Taco Bell now. You guys hyped up the cantina. Oh, the Taco Bell cantina was great. It was, it was, <laughs> if you needed a snack at two in the morning, it was there for you. It was your friend. It was that, but also I think if Aaron's in the chat, oh, and, and Gavin, we need to give a little love to Raisin Cane's. That was the uh, under, um, underrated performer of the trip. Raising Cane's was solid. That, some of the best chicken I've ever had. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Uh, Gavin is more than welcome to hop on here. But, yeah, if you would, yeah. Um, he, he might be a little camera shy, but he if, if you want Gavin, hop <laughs> in here. You can talk about the food that you had down in Vegas, food and drinks. Uh again, it's the AMA uh nation vacation, nationgear.ca in Toronto. From from what Aaron tells me, it's a little bit of a classier experience. It's it's not this Vegas, one, it's Toronto. Was, uh, as as they would say, it's more bougie. However, yeah. if the Oilers win, it will be like a playoff atmosphere. That's what happens when the Oilers win on a nation vacation it feels like an it feels like a playoff atmosphere away it's in the regular season it's great so uh but then again we are playing toronto the oilers have not had the best luck against the maple Leafs in recent years so it's wouldn't be a bad time to kind of you know, break that uh streak against them 100 percent. and you know what you know you go to that game you you'll lift the boys spirits at the game then you can go to the hockey mm-hmm. hall of fame which mm-hmm. i went to last may and it's unbelievable so um anyways we really went on off on a a long tangent there and i i kind of forget what i was talking about it was vegas and anyways the mindset and what we kind of talked about after the game was you know people were saying the guys won let them go party in vegas and i don't think the oilers leadership group had that mentality i think it was guys we're still out of a playoff spot almost we got to win hockey games and then they went and did that and they've continued it like i think something in the team's mindset has clicked where okay guys if we keep doing what we're doing, this is going to be really stressful down the stretch. Let's get it in gear now. And uh, since the loss to the LA Kings, I mean, they've they found that gear and they look a whole lot better. 
Yeah, and as Gavin just mentioned in our chat there, he says the Oilers' second easiest strength of the schedule. Uh, second easiest strength of schedule the rest of the season. This is true also because uh, I was looking at the Oilers' schedule going forward, and, you know, I think in March and April combined, they play the Coyotes, the Sharks, and the Ducks eight times. That's easy points right there for the Oilers if you want to really grab a playoff spot. So, Obviously, there's going to be a few tough teams here and there. Like I said, they have yet to play the Maple Leafs, who are one of the best teams in the East, and they've been a thorn in our side every time we played. So I'm interested to see how that match will go. But uh, a lot, lot, a lot of easy points to grab. But like the Warriors have shown us, that no game is particularly <laughs> easy, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, individually, when you look at what some of these guys are doing this year, um, Connor McDavid, the points. So he's at 88 points. Uh, the the websites haven't updated, so that's just me putting to, together 86 plus his two points tonight. 88. I mean, there's games when they're going to play the Ducks and, you know, the Sens who can give up a lot mm-hmm. of goals, the Canadians, right? Like, there's going to be games that can be point night. It's really interesting to see because going into this one, Dreisaitl was second in the league in scoring with 72 uh, tonight he had just the one. Sorry, just the one point. And he's up to seventy three. When, when you talk about dry cell stats, like I feel like with how Connor McDavid's been playing, he's been kind of you know overshadowed. Does that make like I feel like not enough people are talking about dry settle season? It yeah, I mean he's he's played fantastic. He missed a couple <laughs> games, uh, seventy two points. Sorry, seventy three, and uh, he's still eight points up on Nikita Kucherov. Mm-hmm. Like he, he does get kind of overlooked, I'm sure. And uh, I, I think the athletic did that NHL oh. 99 and left him off, mm-hmm. which, but had Austin Matthews there, a guy who's never won an MVP or a, a you know, the scoring race. He's got a 50 goal season under belt. He's a very good player, yeah. but if you're going to have Austin Matthews there, you should probably have Leon Dreisaitl. I think that would be the debate, but he, he is going to be a guy, I think kind of similar to Gino Malkin out in Pittsburgh. He'll always be under the radar simply because who he is and he'll never be appreciated around the NHL like he should be. Yeah. And um, it's, it's a shame, but I think that's okay because it kind of takes a little bit of the less, less the pressure off him and just kind of, you know, Leon Dreisel is that type of guy it's where he wants to show his best when it matters most. And I think he's going to show it in the playoffs as well. Yeah. And I think the playoffs kind of where his game thrives yeah. or he can kind of be a little chippy, uh, be on the edge there and, and, you know, showcase that physicality. I mean, we, we know what he did last year. Uh, was it two points per game in the playoffs, basically on one leg? Like it, it was unbelievable what he did. If he was healthy, who knows what could have happened? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, um, it, it is really good to see. We know those guys are going to show up and it's encouraging to see some of the team's younger players really start to get going here. Uh, Dylan says dry sales, next contract, 11.75 a year to play some, a shade under Connor. Uh, I mean, man, the NHL's cap has to go up. I think mm-hmm. half the teams in the league are using LTIR, and it's it's not a very good situation. So, I mean, cap has to go up or contracts have to go down. Hopefully one of those things will happen. Uh, yeah. Gavin gets here on the chat. Topic of discussion. How long till Kane gets going? No points since his return. I mean, it's early. Yeah, maybe a week. Yeah. Right. You know what's it's scary to think? Like I was saying, I was looking at the Oilers goal totals, and the Oilers could finish this year with at least three players with over 30 goals. I'm questioning, could have Kane been a a fifth? So yeah, they could have four players with over 30 goals this year. And you know, if Anna Kane, I feel like he could have been up there as well. 
Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, he, he, he was what fourth or fifth on the team in scoring until mm-hmm. a week ago. Like he was just lingering around there. Maybe that's more of an indictment on the rest of the team, but oh uh, yeah. Uh, when you look at dry cells, next contract, it's going to be big. And for Evander Kane, I'll, I mean, let, let us know in the chats here. When do you think Evander Kane gets his first point? I'm going to say Wednesday. I, I want to be optimistic, kind of like Rusty. First point, uh, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll say in Chicago. I think Chicago. Chicago, yeah. Yeah. Oh, gets it going on the road. I mean, is it on the road or is it, are they here? I'm not too sure, actually. I can go check the schedule real quick here. Um, let me see here. We are playing at, at home. At home, yeah. Two All more right. home games and then we have the All-Star break. Well, I mean, home is where the Oilers definitely need to yeah. get things going a little bit uh, on the road this season. Uh, very good. 15-7-1 at home, 12-11-2. So they can get it going at home. Mm-hmm. I think that would probably be a, a very good thing for this team. Uh, the chat right now on YouTube, fired up. Someone says that's where the party is, is on that chat. Yeah, I mean, it's always a good time. It's always a good time. I don't even know if they're paying attention to us, Waz, but they're having a good time in the chat room. Um maybe drop like a exclamation mark if you're actually listening to what we say then we'll we'll know how many of you are tuned in here i, I know the youtube chats roll and I, I see them uh facebook what's going on hey uh this takes me back to when i used to stream on twitch way uh, before i was with the nation so i'm always always paying attention to the chat good i'm, I'm glad i'm glad I, I'm, I'm trying to keep up with it it's oh. Where, where I come from, we just have one <laughs> one thing you have to look at. Now I'm going everywhere. Yeah. Okay, we got some exclamation marks coming in here. So that, that is yeah, good to see. Sorry to cut you off. Uh, but yeah, Loomis says that there was someone on Facebook that mentioned Morgan Frost. The cap hit is okay. He's a left shot center. I don't think it makes sense. I don't know. Um, I, I like the name Morgan Frost. I feel like Oilers fans will make great memes out of his name. But <laughs> that's... I mean, the, yeah, for yeah. playing in Edmonton, it fits. Uh, you know, I mean, you look at it. First round pick when he was drafted, like five years ago, uh, 46 games played, 10 goals, 12 assists. Yeah, 5'11", 170. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I'm with you. I, I like the name. I mean, right now you've won six games in a row and you're starting to get performances from your depth scoring. So I don't know if I'm in a rush right now to make a move. No, I think Ken, I. Ken Holland obviously has to feel some calls and plan for it, but – I'm not rushing right now. I think this is kind of part of why, you know, Ken Holland's not really rushing to make a trade right now because, like, you look at the rest of the league, no one else is making deals. Tyler mentioned that. There's been no big trades. I think a lot of GMs are going to wait until the deadline to really make a move and just see how the market's going, right? I think that's important. You have to be a little patient right now. And I know all these fans can be really kind of trigger-happy. They all get Chicker and don't get this player. I think right now, let's be patient. Let's, you know, we're on a good roll right now. Let's, let's gel with what we got. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. I'm just, as we're going here, I want to see if I can find uh, how many teams are using LTIR because I really mm-hmm. do think that that, that makes it tough on teams to get things done. Like last time I looked, it was, I believe half the teams. And then even the teams that aren't have like no cap space at all. So making moves right now is going to be tough and they're, they're going to have to find clever ways to do it. Uh, maybe sending some picks along. I, I think your Ramchuk had a good idea earlier on this year and it was involving like the, the coyotes to take a player, yeah. and, you know, take some cap space and then move on from them. It's, it, it's really going to test the creativity of general managers right now to try to figure some of these things out. But uh, yeah, I mean, right now I don't think I'm in the biggest rush if I'm Ken Holland, like I said, I'm, I'm listening to phone calls. I'm, I'm probably feeling, you know, sending out some feelers, but I don't know if I would be 
going out there and, and pursuing some big mm-hmm. moves. The chemistry seems to be good with this team right now. Yeah, I think well, I think there's a chance we'll see a trade when Yamamoto returns. And Rick on Oilers Nation Radio has been mentioning this, like when it comes to Pulley specifically, it's like you trade him, and Yamamoto still continues to get hurt. Well, who's going to fill that right wing's position, right? Like, I feel the Oilers' right side is kind of, it's kind of, what's the word? It's weak. You know, there's not a lot of options there, especially in maybe Bakersfield. I don't really know, but it's. You would need someone to replace uh, on the right side if Pooley Arby's gone. Yeah, yeah, Bakersfield, I mean, there's there's not a whole lot there right now. The Oilers are kind of uh, taking everything off the shelves down mm-hmm. there. So, yeah, I mean, it would be interesting to see what they would do. Uh, Loomis says, uh, yeah, I actually have you muted, Conman. Just here for your shiny, bright face. I guess I do have a bit of a shine going on right now. i got to go into <laughs> makeup and correct Saturday that night. one. Yeah, Saturday. You know, it's this is me, baby. Yeah. Uh, DJ Dedalius. Sorry if I butchered it. I love the Facebook chat and came here. YouTube seems to be where it's at. People are loving the, the YouTube, YouTube chat. Yeah, Facebook, I love it. I always love you. <laughs> um, what else? Woodcroft is low key a genius for his forward combos. Oh, so I just want to talk about that, Mr. Russ, the Reckless Optimist. On Twitter specifically, uh, a couple of weeks ago, People were saying fire Woodcroft. And I'm like, no, not at all. That should not be an option. We are at the midway point of the year. Look at us now. We're on a six game win streak. Everybody's happy. It's it's easy to get negative when things are not going your way. And let's not fire Woodcroft because you know your favorite player is not playing a lot. Um you know, it's yeah. Uh, I'm hopping in here to the YouTube. I, I love everything going on here. And YouTube is kind of like a, a smaller Twitter right now because Twitter's back and forth. Uh, mm-hmm. DJ says, agreed, still really like Chikrin. Then Genesis and Peter on the same page saying, don't need Chikrin. And a Peter want nothing to do with Chikrin. I mean, that that he was a very popular name for a long time. And I, I'm sure he will continue to be. I think he's he's let it be known. He doesn't want to play in Arizona. And yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, it's all about price and what they can get for him, and who's who's willing to pay whatever the asking price is. I, I forget who we had on the show, but they had mentioned that they think that price will come down. So uh, we'll see. Probably, I could see that because you know, Chicken's been wanting out of Arizona for a while. Arizona's been wanting to get rid of him for a while. It's at, at one at some point he's gone. Um, some I saw some people chatting that you know why should we go after a chicken if Robert's playing so well? It's I don't know. It, it really depends on what the cost will be. What did you think of uh, Pedersen getting that shot on Broberg? Uh, I don't know. It was weird. <laughs> Swede, Swede on Swede. Um, a little bit of frustration from Pedersen's point of view. I think it's you can't blame him. There's a lot of emotion going around Vancouver right now. Even I just saw a clip of JT Miller just slamming his stick when he was in the bench and just losing his emotions. So it's, it's a tough time to be a Vancouver Canuck. I would hate to be them. Yeah. That, that was after the Hyman goal that was disallowed. Mm-hmm. That's when JT Miller lost it. And I, I feel like that might've been like, damn it, the game's over. Cause I think he really wanted to win that for Boudreaux and felt it slipping away. Obviously the goal did not count. So it, it didn't end up being too big of a deal. Um, but yeah, a lot of people here are saying no chicken. Uh, mm-hmm. Tyler says, what about Dumba? So Matt Dumba out of Minnesota, healthy scratch twice, mm-hmm. uh, two games in a row. I mean, he, he, you, I don't know. I'd have to go look at the contract and see yeah. you know, how you make it work. That That's probably a big one there, but 
We'll see. We'll see. I, There's it, one player I really want. It's Gavrikov out of Columbus. But I think the price might be a little too high, especially if they want a first-round pick. But I really just want to shut down defensemen on this blue line. I know, like, maybe DRNA is that guy, but you know, we don't know how long DRNA is going to be up here considering just – there's so many logistics right now with the Oilers with the with the line combinations, you know, going eleven and seven, will they go back to twelve and six? Who do they drop? There's so many like it's making my head hurt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that was a name that was brought up for a while, and I I remember the response was like, you can't give up a first for him, and yeah. now it's like, well, I mean, maybe he could be someone that fits. Uh, Gavin, thank you very much, oh, man. Gavin, you're doing work back there behind the scenes. Uh, mm-hmm. Dumba's a UFA after this year. He's a six million dollar cap hit, so you have to get six million out. So, JP to Minnesota, maybe Warren uh, Fogle. I- <laughs> But Ward Falco's trying to – he's, like, showing that he can, he can still play in this lineup. He's trying yeah. to stay in there. So, um, someone's going to get traded, maybe two players. Ken Holland's got some moves to make, especially if he wants to make a run at the cup final. And, honestly, if there's any year for the Oilers to make a run to the cup final, it's got to be this year considering how Colorado's kind of been with injuries. You know, they've – it's – if this is the – like, you look at the teams around the Western Conference – Dallas is looking good. Colorado, I just mentioned, I don't know. This could be a year where the Oilers can really take advantage of some of the teams in the Western Conference. Okay, we got lots coming in here. At Genesis, it's a it's 1.30 where he is, so he's going to bed. Genesis, uh, expect you to listen to the podcast, the rest of it tomorrow, and like it and subscribe. Do all those things. Sweet dreams. Uh, we've got here, Dumba is good, but he's a Band-Aid player. I'd say that's fair, Dylan. Uh, Peter says, don't laugh at me. I like Luke Shen. I think people do like, I think people do like Luke Shen. I don't think, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to laugh at you. Um, what else do we got here? What cause for Dumba? That's the one you got to figure out, man. I I feel like I'm contradicting my, I'm definitely going to contradict myself here because I just said that they're playing well. So maybe I'm not in a rush to make a move, but at the same time, do we factor in the opponents right now? I mean, yeah, they did beat. A good team. They beat yeah, Tampa, twice in this winning streak. They beat Tampa. They beat Vegas. Vegas. They got it done. But I mean, at the same time, if if you're looking at those playoff teams and you know the physicality that some of them bring, uh, maybe maybe you still do look to add. Even though I just said you yeah. don't have to. I, I I would just wait until the deadline. Honestly, that's when a lot of people, a lot of teams are going to be selling. That's when you can get a better gauge on what's going on. And I uh, like I said, I do feel like we're going to see a trade once Yamamoto returns. My only worry with Yamamoto is if he can stay healthy throughout the year because something's going on with him. We don't really know what's up, and it's concerning. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because he did take the pregame skate in that game against, well, the day of the game against the Sharks, right? And then uh, yeah. declared himself not good to go. So you wonder, yeah. And I, I guess the luxury right now is for the Oilers playing so well, and with the the easier schedule coming mm-hmm. up, there's no rush to get him back out there. Uh, there was a text on the old YouTube chat. Someone says, when do we play Boston? Uh, February 27th, Ooh. the Bruins will be in town. And then March 9th, the Oilers are in Boston. So uh, I'm excited for that. Man, the Bruins are a good team, eh? They've, well, the they've best, really yeah. built something. The best team in the NHL this year. Another one of those measuring stick games. And like I said, we haven't played a ton of the top teams in the East, including Toronto. Um, but other than that, so you look at the schedule, the Oilers don't play a ton of tough teams down the road here. Um, everyone's definitely beatable. Yeah, I mean, wild. 
the home and home against Winnipeg will be something to watch out for. I think um, I, I, I'm a Kyle Connor guy, big fan of him, but yeah, you look down that stretch, you got LA and I'm LA. It's a team the, that's been very strong as well. So we play them back to back in March. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, it's crazy when you look into April. Yeah. That's what I that's, was looking at. <laughs> lots of California teams. How do we not have a flames game in there? Come on. NHL, well, like wake uh, up. Yeah. It actually came down to a scheduling thing. Uh, one of our buddies at Hockey Fights, um, he, he told me that the NHL kind of does this thing where every year they kind of flip it. So last year, because we played the Flames five times, or we played them what? How many times, times last year? <laughs> Was it three times we played the Flames last year? Let me. Well, I'm gonna. I'm gonna bring it up right here. So outside of the playoffs, we got to go to the regular season here. Uh, their first meeting was October 16th. was a 5-2 Oilers win. Um, they had a game postponed. Then they beat them 5-3. They lost 3-1, lost yeah. 9-5. So four games? Yeah, so the way the NHL determines um, games is strange because apparently it's like because we played them so many times last season, now this year we only play them three times. It's like the same thing with the Canucks. We just finished our season series with the Canucks. And... Um, it is weird that we don't have another game against the Flames just somewhere around in the uh, – We I, I made a TikTok about it, like, around when we played the Flames in December, if anyone wants to go check that out. So I have a whole TikTok explaining on what the schedule is. I just can't remember it off the top of my head. Okay, we've got Gavin, our producer extraordinaire, saying the Oilers – or if the Oilers trade their first-round pick, it'll be the first time they did it – they wouldn't pick in the first round since 2006. The year they went all in, made the cup final. Time to do it again. I think I mean, we traded that first round pick for Dwayne Rolison. Yeah, it was the 2016 first round pick for Dwayne Rolison, who turned out to be Trevor Lewis, and also a conditional third rounder, which became Spencer Machasek. And then the team also traded Reisner, Jan Stastny, and... <laughs> A 2006 second round pick for Sergei Samsonov. Do you know who that pick turned out to be? Uh, I can't think off the top of my head. 2006 second rounder. I'm not going to tell you yet because that's my trivia for tonight. There's no prize yet. Maybe one day we'll get prizes, but there's a, a pretty good player who he eventually became an Oiler. Oh, okay. So he, he got drafted in 2006. Yeah. And the second round. Oh, if wow. I gave you the team, I think you'd probably get it. It's a is it Minnesota. No, Boston. Oh, oh, it's oh, okay. Is it? No, it's not. Huh? That's not Lucic. No, or is it? Is it Lucic? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought so, we got drafted maybe the year before. Or, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, Milan Lucic. So they, wow. yeah, they brought in uh, Dwayne Rolison, Sergey Samsonov, and uh, yeah, those were the the big deadline pieces. Dwayne Rolison was unbelievable making saves, but also the little stuff he would do, knocking his helmet off to get the guys a little breather, the things like that. Um, that season, they also brought in Yaroslav Spachik, uh, Tricky Dicky, Tarnstrom. So yeah, that was a. Mm-hmm. Will they do it again? I mean, could the time be now? This would be a good year to do it. I think the last thing to mention real quick here is that tomorrow is the anniversary of Peter Torelli's firing. So, little fun fact, I think we have an article going up on Oilers Nation kind of doing a retrospective on that, so keep a look on that. Yeah, it's uh, been a couple of years since Pete's 
and you know, I was looking back earlier, and Peter Trelli in his drafting was not too bad. He's he's found some gems uh, past the first round, so maybe Pete was onto something. Ethan Bear, Caleb Jones, I do believe, was the McDavid draft. Yeah, yeah. Darna, Darna, uh, man, McLeod. what a start. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Vinny's. Yeah, it's been good. Vinny's one of my favorite stories. You know, oh, same, passed same. over twice in the draft, battles it out. Uh, just oh. a guy you can root for. I'm going to have to look at it. How many Oilers have really gone from the seventh round to the NHL? And I don't think it's, that's, it's probably the very smallest. I uh, I actually looked it up. There's one oh. that was really good. And uh, I'll just bring it up here very quickly because I know everyone loves to wait on it. Okay, we go back to the seventh round here. And as of late, it's been bad. Like, you don't want to look too recently, but if I scroll all the way down to the beginning of the Oilers franchise history here. uh, Okay, here we go. Seventh rounder, Andy Moog. Pretty good player. (laughs) Yeah, he kind of became a pretty iconic Oiler. He worked out for the Oilers pretty well. Uh, Kelly Booker was a ninth rounder. That's even better than a seventh round value. They don't even do ninth rounds anymore. No, no, they do not. They certainly do not. Okay, you've got David Oliver. Don't know of him. Don't know of him. I was a fan of him, but I was young and dumb. Uh, We also have... Geez, not a whole lot. Yeah. We're getting closer. We're getting into the 90s and almost the 2000s. Yeah, the, the seventh rounders haven't worked out too well for the Oilers. Uh, Matthew Lombardi, uh, I believe the Oilers didn't sign him. He went back into the draft, and then the Flames drafted him. And I think then the Oilers pulled that thing on Jarrett Stoll. The Flames mm. drafted Stoll. He didn't sign with them. The Oilers took him the next year. little gamesmanship there. Uh, Kyle Brodziak was a seventh-round pick by the Oilers, played okay. almost 1,000 games, local guy. We should try to get him on one of these nights. and. Yeah, I mean that's uh, that's pretty much it. Brandon Davidson was a sixth rounder. I've heard good things of uh, Philip Kemp from the 2017 draft. You never know he could make a push. Um, shout out uh, to the sixth round pick, Kyler Skyler Brindamore, son of uh, Rob. So it's just some of these names here is crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah, Kevin Bouchard in 2014. Kevin <laughs> Bouchard. It. Yeah. Uh, there was a Greg Chase, uh, who unfortunately never made it uh, to the NHL, but fun, I don't know. Greg yeah, Chase. Look at, look at these names. Chase, when he played uh, in the dub for the mm-hmm. Hitman, he was he was a good player and, like, frustrating. Like, I I thought there was an outside chance he could be a guy who's a steal. Because yeah, he was same, just same. so he frustrating was to play against. Yeah, yeah, he was good in Calgary. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> The acting by was there on that Lucci answer was spot on. Were you I was acting? not acting. I, I I I was actually like I was like whoa, it was actually Lucci. I thought it was another, maybe Krejci or someone. You know? <laughs> Either one of those two. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. You I mean you got there? You got there. Um, yo, if that year M check scoop on the Heritage Classic jersey is accurate, that jersey in Dayarne, your M check's getting scoops now. He, yeah. he he's he's becoming an insider. I think. It's it's great to see, especially for for the company. And you know, it's it's funny when we're at the office and Tyler comes out and always like, "Hey guys, I got a scoop!" Like, oh, <laughs> and uh, it's 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 just it's great for everybody, especially for the company, and uh, it's great for him, honestly. And if anything, it brings in maybe more viewers to Oilers Nation every day with Tyler here, Chuck. So uh, it's it's always nice to break that news on social media. And 
he didn't really, I don't think he even got that tip off on the all-star thing. He just kind of analyzed it very well. Like, oh, it was a, yeah, it was a good read. It was a very good read uh, on YouTube. Where did we get one here? Someone said, good morning. Uh, yeah, it must good be Terry. Terry yeah. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. We're getting close to midnight, so we're almost there. Yeah. Um, Ty Yaramchuk, legendary Oilers insider. Ty Bomb. Yaramchuk is the best on-air personality on the Nation Network. Yeah. That's the reason why it's on so many podcasts. That need. And live shows, you know? I'll tell you about Yaramchuk behind the scenes. Uh, When he first started working at 1260 – there was a lot of hype around the guy because everyone's like, okay, this guy works hard. He knows his stuff. He's got the confidence. So we, we were not surprised to see him have the success that he did. And uh, yeah. Hey, he's going to the all-star show. game. Now he's going to the all-star game. That's how it works. We knew he'd be an all-star one day. The guy was all over it. Um, well, I don't know. Do you guys want to keep going here? I mean, it's getting close to midnight. Why don't we go for a couple more minutes? Yeah, I'll ask sure. you uh, what I like to what I like to do and looking ahead to that next game, Oilers taking on the Columbus blue jackets and in Edmonton, seven thirty start on Wednesday uh, predictions. What, what do you think happens in this one? Well, they just beat San Jose five, three tonight. I'm going to go with an Oilers win. I will go four, two, five, two, five, two, five, two. Yeah. Five two. Can you? I just want to look at this team here. You know what? And and for the Oilers, well, a couple days be, off. Sorry, Connor. It could be a lot worse. They're the last in the league. Who? Oh, Columbus. They're last in the league. Oh, geez. Let's look that up. So I asked her all the way to the bottom. Yeah, they're three seven and zero oh in their last ten. On the road, they're three fifteen and one. So they don't play good away from whatever their arena is. Johnny Goudreau returns to Alberta. Um, yeah, I think the Oilers get a win here. And you know what? I, I hope they get a chance to to maybe take tomorrow off. Maybe tonight they got to go out, relax, celebrate playing well, and then focus on getting back to business on Monday. But a couple of days off to rest, I think that's a good thing. Stuart Skinner can hang out with with the baby boy for a little bit, help out uh, the mom, the mom mm-hmm. there, maybe change some diapers. <laughs> yeah. It should be it should be very good to see for, for this team. And yeah. yeah, it's going very well. Uh, one more time here. Got to thank the people who make this show happen. Of course, Gavin and Waz for, for being there and, and keeping me going here. But uh, Cornerstone Insurance, check them out, cornerstoneins.ca. And uh, you can use the discount code NATION for an exclusive rate. So check that out. Uh, the way insurance is going, if you get a discount, that's going to go a long way. The AMA travel, of course, the nation vacation, like I said, going to Toronto. Uh, that's going to be March 10th. To 12th. If you missed out on Vegas, but you want to go on a nation vacation with the fine fellas and ladies of Oilers Nation, go over to nationgear.ca. You can get the information there. An experience powered by AMA Travel and, of course, Betway. Um, a fun way to have some fun. Of course, you got the NFL tomorrow, 19 plus, and bet responsibly. The Oilers victorious in Vancouver tonight, 4 2. And uh, why don't we just uh, leave it at that one? We'll wrap it up. Everyone can have a great rest of their Saturday night. Enjoy your weekend. Oh, yeah. One thing I want to mention is I want to shout out everybody for 8,000 subscribers here on YouTube. So thank you everyone for subscribing to the nation network. Uh, we're going to hope, you know, have more of these streams, more content rolling your way. So big shout out for 8,000 guys. So the one, the people who might've just joined in tonight, you know, following the wave into our uh, YouTube chat, we've got Oilers nation every day at noon with Tyler, your M Chuck. 
what else can people expect from the Oilers Nation and even the Nation Network was? Um, honestly, if you're new here, we have uh, so every Monday we have real life the real life podcast with uh, Jay Wanye uh, Tyler uh, Owen Radio podcast Tuesday and then Owen every day is every weekday and every game day at noon. So if you want your Oilers fix, we're we're all we're we've got you covered. There's a lot going on, and and we had uh, Aaron Bordado, the usual producer here, talking about like Vancouver and stuff, and the funny as with their shows. Obviously, right now it's a little bit of a tough time, but yeah, Oilers Nation, and then articles too. You guys have mm-hmm. tons of great people writing articles. How could I forget that? Yeah, OilersNation.com. I, I got to give a shout out to Gregor. You know, he does his, yes. his articles. You got Zach Lang. Um, good stuff going on. And then you're running the TikTok. You're the TikTok superstar. I heard you got recognized in Vegas. Yeah, I do. Uh, I do TikTok. I also do the Instagram. I'm, I'm ba- I basically run the social media for Oilers Nation, except for maybe Twitter. The Twitter is kind of a couple different hands. But when it comes to the rest of the socials, I got my hands on there. So every clip that you see on social media is because I had to go clip that. So, yeah, I, I run a lot of the socials. Uh, yeah. It's appreciated. There's one I, I, I just saw a message come in from Peter and he says, don't talk about it but I'm going to, he hates the wave. And oh. I, I laugh when the wave gets going. I love to tweet about it because people get so fired up. Yeah. I have no issue with it, but it's, I'm not going to go into it. Right. Hey, no. uh, the, the way I look at it, if you're crushed, like four or five beers that you paid $15 for and you get the urge to just stand up, go for that. It. And if you're a kid, like I remember being yeah. like 12 years old and being at a hockey game, I see the wave going, like, Oh, this is sweet. Right. So maybe, I don't know. It's for different people. How fun when you're there, it just takes over. You just, you don't want to be the guy not doing it. Right. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, well, let's call it a night. Uh, yeah. Waz, thanks so much for doing this. It was a blast. Uh, like we said, the Oilers victorious six in a row. Uh, the bad tonight. We mentioned the Vancouver Canucks shout out to Bruce Boudreaux. We hope the best for him. And uh, the fans were great with their chance and their uniforms looks good. I'll just throw that out there. Uh, other than that, the Canucks organization right now, kind of a tire fire. We will oh, talk to you on up. Wednesday. And, uh, of course, Gavin, our producer, didn't hop on. I believe you're in with us next week at some point. Down in the future, you will make your on-screen debut. But thank you for everything. And, uh, guys, we'll talk to you next time. Thank you so much for tuning in to Oilers Nation After Dark. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.